Welcome to the Crazy Dre Podcast, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your main man, a.k.a. Crazy Crockett, a.k.a. Andre's Podcast. On Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other podcasts distributed by Sprout. Today, we're going to talk about sports again. I guess we're going to keep the theme going for this podcast, the Crazy Dre Podcast. Talk about sports. So, my buddy here, Sean, is back and... Glad to be here uh, the day after the Super Bowl. So what do you think about the Super Bowl? Uh, I think it was a really good game. Um, it's amazing that we already have a bunch of people complaining and um, bitching about the last drive of Kansas City. Uh, I understand that Cincinnati got screwed over in that one game, but you still got to play through it on that third down or whatever. But last night... They called the, the the what was it? It was a that hold, hold yeah. right? Yeah, it was a hold. It was blatantly a hold with the last two minutes. Um, if anybody wants to bitch about how the Eagles should have won, they should have never gotten that playoff. Let's go t- to two downs before it. You had Patrick Mahomes in third and eight. Your defense is stuck. Absolutely phenomenal. You let somebody with a sore ankle run for 18 yards for a first down. Gets them in the field goal range in the first place. So that penalty with 215 or whatever it was before the two-minute warning did not decide this game. Patrick Mahomes is a natural winner. Uh, He has been in the five seasons. He has not gone... He, he makes it to the AFC Championship or better every year. This is his third Super Bowl, and he's won two. Like, yeah, I mean, he's phenomenal. I mean, I can't, I can't stress enough that in the first quarter, he almost rolled his ankle again. And then I can't stress enough to say that you should have just gone after him and his bad ankle. And then you could probably could have taken him out of the game, at least out of the game so he can't run. But, yeah, you're right. If you're going to be a team like the Kansas State Chiefs and you're going to rely on a quarterback that's smart enough to run 18 yards for a first down with two minutes and about 15, 20 seconds left. With a sore ankle. With a sore ankle, then you are an ego idiot. I mean, like, look, look. It sucks for the Eagles fans to have Jalen Hurts score four touchdowns, for God's sake. And a two-point conversion. So think about that. If your quarterback is doing that, you should have won the game. Correct. But if your defense is just kind of like pretending to not know how to play defense, then that's your fault. That's your team's fault. We don't blame anybody else for Detroit Lions sucking. So, you Eagles, you guys sucked that night for the last two minutes and 15 seconds, and you probably made a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans happy. At least for a minute. And I am a Dallas Cowboys fan. I mean, I've already stated that twice. But after last night, uh, out of the four teams in our conference, I, I, the Eagles I highly dislike the most. I really do. And, and maybe it's just because the fans in Philly are just absolutely terrible and you can compare them to the Yankees or you can compare them to the Dodgers. Even though the Phillies, even though Philadelphia teams don't win that much, they're just obnoxious fans. So that's why Dallas hates them the most. But I do have to admit, I have highly disliked Jalen Hurts since he was at Alabama. And that's just because Alabama is a good team. 
And then he transfers to Oklahoma, and I don't like Oklahoma either. But to to look stoops. So, but if you look at Jalen Hurts as a ball player, as a person, as a human being, and throw out the factor, even if you are a Cowboys fan, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and this season absolutely proved it. Because yes, there were some games that the Eagles did have some good defense. But at the same time, there were some games that they did not have good defense. And it was Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, their running backs, and that receiver that went to Alabama, uh, the other guy, number six. Yeah, what was that guy? He caught a long-ass pass. He caught a pass. And especially that deep pass that Jalen Hurts threw for that touchdown with eight seconds in the second quarter to take the lead. Uh, Any other game? Hands down, Jalen Hurts is MVP. Oh, yeah. I, I still think he should have won the MVP. <laughs> on a losing effort? Yeah. I mean, come on. You score four, t- four touchdowns. And a two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. Why not? I mean, it should have happened to the best player to play that game, not the best winner or the winner or the person who wins it. He so are you telling me that? Stats. Like, even that, the year that Tom Brady uh, – uh, lost to whoever the Giants, Giants he had the or the stats. Mahomes. Yeah, he he had the best stat, but in in reality they didn't give it to him because he lost. But in that game, Tom Brady should have won that MVP. And the other games that he didn't have a real great game in the Super Bowl runs that he had, it should have been someone else. But haven't we? No matter what sport it is, we always give it to the team that wins, right? I think it's very normal. Well, it's very normal for the NFL and the NBA. But that's not true in itself because I remember uh, Charles Barkley winning the MVP in Phoenix over Michael Jordan. And then in that finals, Michael Jordan took it to to the Phoenix Suns and won his fifth. So you are 100%. These numbers do not lie. Like Jalen Hurts, 27 of 38. 304 yards passing, one touchdown. Then you go to his stats, 15 carries, 70 yards, 4.7 yards, three touchdowns. Like Andre said, that is four touchdowns. Then you throw a two-point conversion into that aspect. While Patrick Mahomes only threw 27 passes, but he threw in six incomplete passes, only 182 yards. Three touchdowns, he ran for 44 yards. So, technically, Hurts had 400 yards almost, and he doubled up. Yeah, I mean. He he, doubled up on Mahomes. Yeah, it's so dumb. I mean, that's how they should do the MVP. But I think they do it that way because, I mean, who who wants to get an MVP after losing the biggest game of the year? Oh, thanks. This is a consolation prize. It's kind of like everyone gets the prize now that they play sports. Participation. Yeah, participation. Oh, look, Junior can't run. Give him a prize. (laughs) Oh, Junior can't catch. Give him a prize. But look, look. And I highly dislike the whole participation thing, and I haven't mentioned this before. I referees uh, in the YMCA league, and the funny thing is we kind of decided some of us referees, even though our bosses said that there are – we should call it as a tie, but we look at the coaches and it's only happened twice and we don't believe in ties because 
It's you know, good. life is not a tie. So we go to overtime or we go to sudden death. So, yeah, but that's how you do it, man. That's those numbers alone, even though Hertz lost the championship, um, I know we should be talking about the Kansas Chiefs a little bit more here, but Eagles are going to be back. Um, as much as I like my Cowboys, the Red, the, the, not the, sorry, I keep calling them the Redskins, but the Commanders. They're not going to win with Sam Howell. They're not going to win with Henneke. They're going to be lucky if they're eight and eight again. Um, Even if the Cowboys go eleven and five or twelve and four, uh, look, they're not going to go that high because the Cowboys' quarterback is off and on and off and on, and their (laughs) star running back Ezekiel is never on. He's just off. And for them to sign Pollard to an extension or for a new contract. That in itself can kind of writing on the wall for Ezekiel to maybe think about shipping out and going somewhere else. I mean, you would probably agree with this, Andre. The the favors for next year's Super Bowl out of the NFC is either San Francisco or Philly. Right? Would you agree? Yep. Okay. So I mean all the other teams, I mean First of all, the whole Tampa Bay division is a joke. I mean, it'll probably be another eight and nine team. Maybe the Eagles division will get lucky and get another three teams, but was the Giants the fluke? They'll probably get two in. We all know the Lions division. Rodgers is probably going to leave, so then you're looking at maybe one team from that division. I I think if that does happen, it's going to be a nail biter between the Vikings and Detroit line. Because assuming Detroit and the Vikings can beat the Green Bay Packers twice, and if they can beat, beat the the Chicago Bears one or two times, and then they beat each other one or two times, whatever whoever plays outside their division better is going to win that division. I am scrolling through the Eagles, and then we'll get back to the Chiefs here in a second, and just looking at ages, okay? And I only see three players over the age of 34. And the first person that is 36 doesn't even matter because he could play till he's like 42 or 45 because he's a punter. Then you have the aspect of... Kelsey's brother, I think, is 34. Uh, you got another guy that's a defensive player that's 34, which I think if you're a defensive player, you probably can play to 38. I mean, uh, A.J. Brown's only 25 years old. I mean, their whole offense is less than 28, 27 years old, other than their tight ends, 28. So that team is young, and they're very, very athletic. And I say – Watch out for the Eagles again next year. Yeah. Or the 49ers, but Eagles are definitely going to be the NFC favorite. Um, so but the Chiefs. Chief, I don't know about the Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs I think they're in, in the, they're in the nice spot. I think they need a, a real true running back. I think if I was the Kansas City Chiefs, I would draft a running back. But they just drafted awesome Pachero from Rutgers. He's young. He's either one year or two in the league. So why go after? And they still have McKinnon, even though he's McKinnon, which is five or six years. You're not going to go draft another running back when Pachero almost had 1,000 yards this year. Yeah, you need a running back because they need to protect (laughs) Mahomes. 
Like there'll be there'll be a come a time where you don't want Mahomes to be running like that all the time, especially on his three hundred fifty five million dollar contract for yeah. the next eight years or nine years. Exactly. And why would I mean like they need they need this second year player? What's his last name? I can't even pronounce it. Pachon. Pachuro or Pachero. Pacheco or something like that. So he, like, if he's not gonna, I don't know if he's that good or not. I know he had kind of hot spots here and there during the season, but I don't know. But you're going to have to protect Mahomes, and the best way of protecting Mahomes is having a running game without him running. But look at Mahomes. I mean, you say that he's not, he might not be that good, but he's made it to the AFC Championship, you know, five times. No, I'm not saying that. And, I'm just saying they need to protect him. They need to keep him okay. from running so, too much because I've, couple of weeks ago during the playoffs, he did roll over his ankle and he was very much in pain. And he, in the, within the first three or 10 plays of the game, his ankle almost gets rolled over again and he's showing pain and he's hopping around a little bit. You got to protect that guy. If you don't protect him, he's going to be another um, Randall Cunningham, a great, a great running back quarterback, you kind of call it. Had a great arm. They both kind of have bad receivers. I mean, Kelsey is the only thing that's running great for Kansas City. If Kelsey was in there for the for the Chiefs, the Chiefs won. You got good. Juju. Oh, he's not that good. Come on. And you got that T O N E Y player that does kickoff returns, but yeah, there's a kickoff return guy. He's no. Uh, yeah. He's no cheetah. Tyreek Hill. Look, I think but they still want. Think about this. Would we? Be, did you think we'd be having this conversation last year, even though we just started this podcast, that the Chiefs would be in the Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill? Now, doesn't that say a lot right there that the that Andy Reid's a good, a pretty damn good coach, or what the organization did, and the numbers that I stated earlier? Patrick Mahomes was twenty-one to twenty-seven, which is mediocre. 21 to 27, didn't throw the ball very much. But 182 yards. Let's throw the other 19 games in a season. Any quarterback out of the 32 teams, when you see a stat, if you didn't look at anything and the only stat that you saw on the TV that says 182 yards, you didn't didn't know what the score was, I would automatically would have said, okay, the Chiefs lost. They found a way to win on 182 yards passing from Mahomes and whatever his 60 yards, 70 yards, or whatever, 50 yards rushing. Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, that is amazing. But I think they still need to protect him more. I think okay. eventually they're going to have to start running the football. And by running the football, I mean where Mahomes has the option to run or not, not that the fact that he's the only running back that they have, and he's a quarterback. Well, let's just stop right there. Well, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. We're already talking about next year. They're the outright favorite. At if you bet a hundred bucks, you'll win six hundred. And then I think the San Francisco Forty ers and the Eagles are at like eight hundred or nine hundred. So a hundred would win eight hundred. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk about college basketball. Let's talk about this hazing that went on at at New Mexico State of a basketball player so this is a pretty sad story uh and kind of a disgrace to the ncaa organization or the athletic department at the new mexico state aggies it would be like 
me, Andre, and one other buddy. There was three players, and then there was another player. Like I don't know what I don't know how young this player was. He maybe was a freshman or whatever. But in sports, it's supposed to be like a brotherhood, right? Yeah. And why would you even think about hazing somebody on your own team? It, I mean, this kind of brings us... Uh, that's old school, though. That's what happened. I mean, all the frat houses, that's what they did. They, they hazed the new coming, coming in, and they had to buck up a little bit and see how tough they were and gain respect for the, to the guys. And unofficially, I think they still kind of hide that over at uh, those sororities and frats. Oh, they do it everywhere. Um, they just don't obviously, they still do it in the gangs, I think. I mean, I'm kind of pulling this today's society in here which i kind of that's why i like this topic i mean it sucks hazing can be pulled into two different categories uh i mean i used to i used to be a special ed teacher and it was only six years ago how bad is bullying in the school systems or bullying in general uh facebook uh tiktok uh yeah but everything i mean bullying sucks i mean yeah, but you know what we used to do back in the day to the bully? So if you got bullied, you were allowed to beat the snot out of him. I remember kids trying to bully me, and then one day this kid named Jordan McCarty, which I'm now friends with, which is kind of weird. So I, I went up to him, and he started making fun of my hand, and I slugged him in the stomach. And that was it. He never bullied me ever again. But now, I guess... Bullying is like, they just keep, even if they get the butts kicked, they keep going after you. Or you keep bugging. They still try to take your money? Or, I mean, I, I mean, at least that was what it was there. I don't know if there's much trying to steal money nowadays if we're at lunches. I guess I'm pulling that movie in there with Adam Sandler. You remember well, that? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's that anymore. But I don't think people, I think that's like 1950s and 60s when people were relatively a lot poorer, I guess. But. I mean, yeah, I can see in public schools like sh- Chicago or Detroit or St. Louis or Los Angeles where they know the kid that hasn't taken a shower for like two or three days because he's homeless. But they're going to pick on him until he breaks. So some people might not actually know. I mean, this is a clarification, and maybe you can say something on this, and maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Like, Bullying, I feel like, is more like stealing stuff. Um, hazing, I almost think it's a mind game and a physical thing, right? Like, yeah. it's not just yeah. calling names, right? Like, yeah. you're actually de- not just you're not just degrading them. You're actually doing something to them, at, like their body. That's what I take hazing as, right? Well, hazing is more of a traditional aspect of grooming people in your frat or your community to to groom them to to have the same believing system that you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bullying to me is straight up attacking somebody verbally or or figuratively into into kind of a madness point of view which where they flip out and you try and get a reaction out of them or they commit suicide. That's the fucked up about it. Is that you bully somebody that bad. I just saw this on, on the news like four days ago where a young girl gets bullied by three of these girls and they go up to her and slap the snot out of her and punch her or whatever. And then like, two days later, 
she ends up ending her life. And then people, people just don't get it. I mean, maybe they need to start prosecuting people who do things online or do things in someone's space or something like that. And they're just prosecuting, regardless if they're 13, 12 years old. They're just like, I guess your 12-year-old is going to have to pay a fee of whatever or not. I mean, kicking kids out of school doesn't really make sense. No, just expel it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, because if you expel the child, then the child is never going to get educated. Well, they still have social media. Yeah, but I'm saying the fact that you expel the child from the school system, no one's going to take him in. So there's some aspect of parenting that's very wrong where we're not actually teaching kids how not to bully each other and accept each other for who we are. So on, on a side note, it's going to be interesting what else comes from this situation because right now it was only New Mexico State's academic program and the president um, coming out and saying that we are going to officially cancel the whole season. Like, how much reprimandum is going to come from this? Like, obviously those three, I'm going to say those three players that did the hazing should never be able to play again. They should not be do, be able to do transfer portal. They should probably be prosecuted by a prosecutor. Will. And I hope that does happen. And then we all know that the NCAA is going to say something and they're going to get reprimanded from that somehow too. Well, they get fined, and I'm sure they won't be able to enter the tournament for like two or three years. But what, okay, so that hazing, we never really talked about it, but what happened to that child or to that kid, to that student? Did, is he still alive? I mean, he's still alive. Right? He's still alive. And that's why he actually came out. And he, at least, you know, here's, here's the positive thing to this. He came out and said something before it was too late. You know what I mean? Well, and the fact that he didn't overreact and started to go, I don't know, ape shit and blow people up. I mean, that's kind of what happened. So here's the exact thing. Supposedly, it was three players for false imprisonment, harassment, and counts of criminal sexual contact against this teammate. So it sounds like that they filed a police report and really, really went into into tent. Like, I mean, what if, you know, this guy was so f- afraid of his life? And, I mean, it sucks. Anytime you get – even when you get pulled over on the side of the road for being, you know, a speeding ticket, it sucks. Well, you they know? got caught because they involved the cops in it. Yeah. If they never involved the cops in it, the kid would never came out and said anything about it. But when you put cops at, on somebody, you're wasting the tax people's money. So if the cops go and arrest the person. Okay, here's, here's, here's the full article. February 6th, three members of the team held the victim down, removed all his clothing to his buttocks, and began slapping his butt. Uh, he also went on this to state that he was touched in the scrotum. So, actually, that's the first time I'm reading that article because sometimes I don't like to read the whole in-depth, but obviously we're doing a podcast. Um, first of all, if that's truly hazing, I mean, I first want to throw this out. If you're a girlfriend of one of these three guys that did the hazing, I know this is stupid and I should be worrying more about bullying, but if I'm the girlfriend of one of these three guys, I'm like, Screw this shit. I don't want to be with them. Why the hell are they pulling off his clothes, being on them? I mean, are they bisexual? Are they gay? And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you are that way, but at the same time, like, 
if I'm the girlfriend of one of these three, yeah, they would leave. I think, I think, I think it's a good notion that the, your boyfriends might be a little uh, jumping across the fence. Let's put it that way. But in our reality, in our in reality, that kind of hazing, a lot of hockey players do that to each other. They like to mango and they like to irritate each other with a hockey stick. As hockey players, they do the cruelest things to each other. But it, even if it's just for fun, even at practice or during. during and it doesn't get talked about, probably. Yeah, it doesn't because they always, because they don't take it the way of a homoerotic moment. They just like to F each other up a little bit. But so, yeah, but, to more on a positive note, sorry, that's how we followed a good Super Bowl um, situation. But sometimes you have to talk about the negative things in sports and in society. Uh, we are going to follow that up with uh, some cool things this weekend uh, with the big upset that shocked me. I mean, Purdue's only lost three games now. And. Northwestern was down like eight or nine points and went on a 17-0 run, a 17-3 run to knock off the number one Purdue Boilermakers. Look, look, Northwestern, this is the coach of Bill, uh, Collins. What's his first name? That used to coach. Doug Collins? Doug Collins' son. Chris Collins is the son at Northwestern, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And He's a good coach. Yes, he, he might be better than his dad. This will be the second time that he's going to take Northwestern to the NCAA dance. And before him arriving there, Northwestern has never, ever in history been to the dance. I mean, and he's bringing in huge recruits because... He's never been to the dance or he never, they never won a... No, before him, before Chris Collins, Northwestern University was never in the dance. Really? So Chris Collins has gotten it to him twice. Wow. So, and the recruits that he's brought in um, are guys that can shoot. Even though play. two of them ended up transferring this year, or they probably would have, there's, I think they're 18 and 8. If the two guys that wouldn't have transferred, which proves that they're very smart and they're not just picking these universities because they're athletic, because Northwestern's a good school, uh, Young transferred to Duke. And he was at Northwestern before that. Yeah. And then there is another guy uh, that is at North Carolina. And even though North Carolina and Duke are struggling this year, they're both going to make the dance. Yeah. But if you're able to transfer from Northwestern to go to these two big programs and then Northwestern lose those two players and still beat Purdue and be 18 and 8 and about to go to the dance, Chris Collins must be doing something right. I like him. He's doing good. He's doing good. I think. I think the players like him. I think the players respect him. I think the players actually like his demeanor. He doesn't seem like a tough guy. And he doesn't seem like a, a totally softy where the players can run over him and tell him to shut up or don't listen to the game plan or whatever reason. Where teams like you know, Michigan right now, they're just not. Sometimes they look good. Sometimes they look bad. And I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. It is the first time that the Northwestern program has beat Michigan State. Uh, of course, they stole that game at in East Lansing. They already beat Indiana, which is ranked 17th or 
18th in the country, and now they beat number one. And that's not even talking about, I think they probably beat Rutgers, and I don't have their whole schedule memorized. But they are 18-8, and eight, and even if they only win two more games, 20-11, and 11, they're in. Yeah. There's no way of saying buts about it. You can't leave Northwestern out after what they did this week. Yeah, it should be Indiana and Purdue. Come on. And, and Michigan State. And Michigan State. Especially in East Lansing. Well, well Michigan State's a little shaky, though. When Michigan State plays on the road, they look like poop. When they're at home, they look like a piece of turd. So you can't say that they play a lot better at home. No, I'm being honest here. That is a true statement, but at least we got the W, but that doesn't say much yesterday because Ohio State shot 7 of 30 from the three-point line because I don't even know what to say about that because I didn't. Th- I know Michigan State doesn't play good on the road, and they ended up winning by 21. How does Ohio State not be able to cover 10 points? Like, that's awful. No, I mean, that's... You're 7 of home? 30? You're at home? I think they don't have any shooters right now. I think that's the biggest problem. They have... This kid who looks like a linebacker shooting three-pointers. It's just not. I mean, you just can't do that. And that coach is not a bad coach. His name is Chris whatever it is. And he was at Butler. It was after Brad Stevens, but that Butler team was still good. He was able to – I think – I don't remember if it was Brad Stevens or if it was Chris that brought in Gordon Gordon Hayward, but – He's a good coach. I mean, to be able to go from Butler to Ohio State, Ohio State has had at least maybe two Sweet 16s under him or at least one lead eight. He's a good coach. I don't know what's wrong with that Ohio State program this year. Just not, they're just not basketball. They're 10 and 14. They're 3 and 11 in the Big Ten. They just don't care about basketball right now. They have a worse record in the Big Ten than Minnesota, and Minnesota is absolute dog shit. Yeah, and that's another team. Why are they dog shit? Do they, they not have shooters? They should have never gotten rid of Rick Pitino Jr. I know. That was weird. Why did they get rid of him in the first place? Because look at what the what, – okay, look at what Rick Pitino Jr., once he left, yeah. who left? Smart. Smart left and went to Texas. And where is Texas right now? Number five in the country. When he went to when he went to the University of New Mexico, Lobos, Rick Patino Jr. is the head coach there now. Yeah. Who went with him? And his father is a I he's not his father is not a Hall of Famer, but his his father is a very, very good ball player that played with Alonzo Mourning and Larry Johnson and the Charlotte Hornets. I then went to the Miami Heat. Um, What's his name? Oh, man, now you got to look this up. Jamal Mashburn Jr. That's who the kid is that plays under Rick Pitino. But Jamal Mashburn was a great player. He was a great shooter. Yeah, he was a good shooter. I remember that kid. So his son is at New Mexico now. Nice. Under Rick Pitino. And the New Mexico Lobos either have – I don't have their exact record, but they are 18 and something. So they're on the bubble too. So, so let's, all right, let's just maybe talk about two more quick games, Texas and Texas Tech and West Virginia and Baylor. Let's start with Texas and versus Texas Tech. In, in state rivalry, two, you got Texas who's number five. Yeah, Texas Tech who's, Really, Texas Tech is really struggling this year. Uh, 
they should have never, ever gotten rid of uh, Chris Beard. But then that makes it really interesting because this goes back. That's why I want to throw that in there is now you have this revival again in the plan to at Texas Tech. Yeah. Texas Tech is probably if you're a senior, you had Chris Beard as your head coach, but we don't have enough time to talk about Chris Beard because now Texas really doesn't have a head coach. They have their assistant coach because Chris Beard got fired uh, earlier in the season because of that incident about his wife, which then he the, the wife retracted what actually happened, which we need to have. I'm sorry. We the, the, this we need to have. I don't care if it's a male or a female, and sometimes females are very athletic. Stop going after people's money, even if you're married to them or not married to them. If something happens to you in society, don't wait eight to ten years. You need to do it now. Oh, yeah. That's a tangent. I'm sorry. But Texas plays Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to want to beat Texas just because Beard left. It's in Texas Tech, but... Texas Tech is barely, they're 13 and 12. I mean, they would need a miracle to make the dance. They would maybe even need a miracle to make the NIT. I mean. Yeah, I mean, look, look, look. Texas Tech should, Texas is going to beat them by 10 points. It's on the road, so it could be close, but it probably won't be. Probably 10 points at the most. At the most. All right. All right. West Man. Virginia and Baylor. What do we say about that game? It's at home. Uh, Baylor's ranked in the top 20. Yep. Uh, West Virginia needs it more than Baylor. But it is a road game. Uh, Baylor is favored by like four and a half to five points. Um, I love – I mean, every time I think about Baylor, I always go back to um, – this is a connection uh, to the Drew brothers. And what do you see? I mean, we're only a month away from the NCAA tournament. And every year since Velpo made that shot, Bryce Drew hit that buzzer beater for that. Uh, I don't know. They were ranked 14th, 5th. Uh, third, they were a real high seed or a low seed, a high seed because NBA college says that different. They were somewhere between a 13 and a 15 seed, and they beat – a two, three, or a four seed, and it's still, I mean, this is 15, 20 years ago. Like, everybody knows who Bryce Drew is because he's on the miracle shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Baylor should win this game. I'm going to, you know, but once again, you got that beast of a guy, Huggins, and Huggins is a good coach. He coached at Kansas State. He coached at um, Cincinnati. Uh, coach Kenyon Martin, if anybody remembers that name. Jeez. Uh, way back. And West Virginia is on the bubble. They're 15 and 9. Yeah. So the game means more. I want to say that this will be the second best game of the night because the Texas game could get out of hand, but probably should stay by 10. I'm going to go Baylor by 7. And then, of course, we didn't really get to talk, talk about Miami and North Carolina, but that, I like that Miami head coach. I think he's a genius. He knows how he's old. He's super old. He seems so unrelevant to the players, but they play for him real well. You want to know why they play for him really well? Do you want to know how great that guy is? And this is hard to say. Before, before he was at the University of Miami, 
He was in the Colonial uh, League. And you know who his head coach was for him? It was George Mason. And George Mason is one of those teams just like Virginia Commonwealth and Shaka Smarts that made it to a Final Four. He took that George Mason that you don't even have one NBA player that you could name that went to George Mason. They knocked off Michigan State. They knocked off a bunch of teams that should have been – like Michigan State was supposed to be a Final Four that, that year in uh, – I think it was 2006 when George Mason made that run. And I was actually at that game when they were at – and they won George Mason in the Final Four in Indianapolis. He's a really good coach. Um and then, how can you not love, love it's coach, that? Coach Jim Ler, Ler, how do you say his name? It's a tough name to say. Larange? Lagardia or Lagarda or whatever. Lagarda or Lagardi? It must be Italian or something. Dude, this kid, this guy is like. He's a natural winner. He's like, he's like 60, maybe 70 years old. Like he, every time I watch, he's a. He's actually that team is really fun to watch. But that and and good. they got that great kid. Um, I want to say that there's a couple of players that are starting to be uh, Korean, Japanese, Chinese that are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Nebraska's got that great star that's been putting up 25, 30 points. You and then tonight I'm talking about Wong W O N G for the University of Miami. Uh, is averaging somewhere between 19 and 22 points a game, and he's a stud. But he is going to be on the road. He's going to be at Chapel Hill tonight. Uh, and you all, you got a, a former natural winner as a head coach, Hubert Davis, a, f- a player of North Carolina, an NBA player, a head coach. This is either his second or third season. Um, North Carolina is not as good as what they are supposed to be. No, no. Yeah, I, coaching. Again, let's go coaching. Duke is the same way. His first year there, he's not doing so well, but it's not his fault. His first year there, North Carolina, you think they'll be a little bit better. I have no idea what's going on. I feel like, I feel like right now with Duke and North Carolina, they're playing the NBA-style basketball, and they're not passing the ball enough. So tonight's matchup, this is, this, this is the game that I think is going to be the best game of the night. They have North Carolina favored by four and a half. Um, Miami's ranked 15th in the country. Uh, the University of Miami, if you look at the stats and you look at the, the realm of things, they're better coached. They really are. Yeah. He's a great coach. Yep. Um, yeah, Chapel like Hill is a tough place to play. Uh, but if he can get to them, I feel like with with North Carolina, it's easier to get to the players' mind. And if you can turn that mind off of pure dominance, you can actually go out of there with a win. But remember, you are talking about this North Carolina team that Hubert Davis took to the national championship of the semifinals last year, and no one thought it was going to happen. And you got guys that are there. There, there's a lot more. Ju- there's a lot more juniors and seniors. I mean, Armando Babcock. He is going to be a top seven draft pick. He is a stud, and he's gotten better at his free throws. You got R.J. Davis, a junior. You know, if 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 Babcock's not on, you got R.J. Davis to pick up the slack. Then if 
if if RJ Davis isn't on, you got Caleb Love. That's a junior. I mean, right. and the game means more to North Carolina because they're sixteen and nine. And they're on a bubble, so I'm going to take the Tar Heels in a close game. One and ten. Four points. Four points. I would take them one and ten. Yeah. Yeah, I know you will. All right, guys and gals, it's about forty minutes right there of, of our podcast. Thank you for listening to the Crazy Dre Podcast Show. Uh, thanks, Sean, for coming on board again. We'll try to be back on there in a couple of days again. Always great to be here, and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Give me a thumbs up. Let me know how I'm doing. You can email me at crazydrepodcastshow.com. You can find me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And there's other podcasts that Buzzsprout uh, distributes my stuff. This podcast is turned more about sports and everything else with it. Peace, love, and sports and everything else.